You're listening to a Wheels on the Ground production. Welcome to Disability After Dark, the podcast feed shining a bright light on all things disability. With your host, Andrew Gerza. This episode of Disability After Dark has been brought to you by Come As You Are. Come As You Are is Canada's only worker-owned co-op sex shop. Trans-owned and operated, Come As You Are carefully reviews and curates their selection of sex toys, books, and DVDs. Now you can get 15% off your next purchase at comeasyouare.com using coupon code AFTERDARK. Hey there, Disability After Dark listeners, Andrew here. I want to tell you all about a really awesome deal that I got from my friends and new sponsors, Adam and Eve, the number one adult toy superstore. They reached out to me and they said, Andrew, we love Disability After Dark. We love your show. We love what you're doing. And we were wondering if you wanted to run some ads for us. And I was like, fuck yes, I do. But what are my awesome listeners going to get if I run ads for you? What are they going to get out of this? And they came back with a really fantastic deal that I want to share with you right now. I hope you're getting comfy, cozy, and crippled because this deal is pretty great. If you go to adameve.com, you can pick out almost any item in the store, almost any one item in the store for 50% off. That means you can get one dildo, one lube, and one thing of lingerie if you want for 50% off. And then, once you get that one item for half price, they throw in even more free stuff. Let me tell you all about it. Okay, so you got your one item at half price in your bag and you're ready to go, but guess what? This offer also includes 10 free items on top of that that other item so you get one free item for penis havers one free item for vulva havers one free item for couples and then you also get six free movies from the adameve.com website you can get your favorite porn or an educational film i love free movies they're so awesome this is such a great deal and then on top of that you also get free shipping. What could be better? This is such a great offer. So to redeem this great offer, what you're going to do is you're going to go to adameve.com. You're going to go to checkout and you're going to type in darkpod. That's D-A-R-K-P-O-D at checkout. And you're going to get one item, almost anything in the store at 50% off. And then you're going to get those 10 free gifts, absolutely free, as part of your offer. This is such a great deal, and this is just for you, Disability After Dark listeners, and I hope you run over to adameve.com and take advantage of it right now. 
Hey there, Disability After Dark listeners, Andrew here. I am so excited to tell you about all the new things coming up with this podcast, and thank you so much for listening. But the thing I want to quickly tell you about today is you've heard us talk on the Handicast, the special episodes I do with my sister Heather about our brand Handy. You've heard us talk about our new book, The Handy Book of Love, Lust, and Disability. Well, guess what? It is available for pre-order right now on our website, and I'm so excited about this book because it is a book that puts together 50 amazing disabled and chronically ill contributors to talk to us about sex. But the book just doesn't talk about sex. It talks about how sex and disability feels. So we curated 50 important responses from the disabled community worldwide to write a book that was about not only sex and disability, but the emotions around sex and disability. And we asked contributors to answer questions like, what was the sexiest thing that ever happened to you around your disability? What was the worst sex you've ever had as a disabled person? Tell us about how chronic pain and disability impact your sex life. Tell us about sex work and disability. So many things popped up in this book. It was such an it's such an important collection and it's one that I needed when I was coming up out as queer, coming out as disabled, coming out as all these things. I needed this book and these stories to feel like I wasn't alone. So I wanna give you listeners the opportunity to pre order the book right now and tell you a little bit more about the book. So the book is not only just a book, but the book is actually a donation towards our sex toys. So if you pre order the book at that's handy.co and I'll, don't worry I'll put a link in the show notes if you pre-order the book right now you'll every dollar from any book sales will go towards the creation of the first sex toy for and by disabled people how fucking cool is that it's really really awesome and we're super excited and if you pre-order the book you will have it in three accessible options hardcover ebook and audiobook. So if you want to hear more of my dulcet tones serenading you, my friend Katie Venables and I narrate the book. So you can hear me do a bunch of chapters, and then you can hear her do a bunch of chapters. And we're both disabled individuals, so I think it's a really cool project. So I'd love for you to pick up a copy. By picking up a copy of this book, you're saying that sex and disability matters, and you're saying that it's an important conversation, and you're helping to fund the first sex toy ever for and by disabled people. So pick up your book of The Handy Book of Love, Lust, and Disability, available right now at thatshandy.co. Content warning. The language, content, and discussion found within this episode of Disability After Dark will be explicit. Listener discretion advised. Well, hello, hello, friends. Welcome to the show, friends. Thank you so much for clicking on this brand new episode of Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on all things disability and disability stories, of course. I am your disabled Dick Smith, your number one queer cripple. I am your all of those things. My name is Andrew Gerza. I'm your bear in a chair. I'm your disabled daddy. Let's get this show started. So let's get comfy, cozy, and crippled. And get this episode on the go. On the go, that's a new one. Let's get the episode started. Also, friends, we are 
on our new network, Wheels on the Ground Network, and I'm so excited that I've been talking to other disability podcasters and wannabe podcasters who have said I want to put out disability content and I want to have, I want to know how to do that. So I'm really excited to let to remind you that if you have a disability related podcast idea and you want some help growing that and making that a thing, I want to have you on the Wheels on the Ground Network. I'm really, really excited about this thing that I started. It's really small. It's not super big. It's just a little network that I wanted to, to create to put disability content out there. And I want to make sure that you get the chance to be a part of that. So if you have a podcast idea and you're disabled or chronically ill and you want to do that, I want to help you do that. So be in touch with me at disabilityafterdark at gmail.com and let me know how, you, how we can get you on the Wheels on the Ground Network. If you are a long-time listener to the show, you know that we have a Patreon, and you can actually get the show one day early and completely ad-free on our Patreon, as well as a sexy, sultry, sometimes super awkward, weird shout-out from me. So if you want to have access to that, you can always support us at patreon.com slash disabilityafterdark, and you can pledge as little as $1 a month or $5 a month to keep the show going, and to help me make sure that I have food in my fridge. So if you want to help me do that and support the show at the same time, go to patreon.com slash disabilityafterdark. Thanks, friends, but now on to the show. Well, it's that time of year again. The time of year when we all put on our scarves and brace ourselves for winter. It's that time of year where pumpkin spice lattes are a thing that so many disabled folks spill all over themselves when they have a spasm. And it's that time of year when you have to wait three hours for your attending care worker to put on your coat just so you can go outside for five minutes. It's fall time. I thought it might be fun to do another episode of Seasonal Sex Tips for Fall, so I'm calling this episode Seasonal Sex Tips and Crips for Fall, and it's less a sex tips episode and more like a thing you can do with a partner during fall time that could be sexy or fun, because I couldn't really find any fall sex tips that weren't kind of like just not at all possible, so I, I reverted to like, let's do one about dating and fall again like we like we did back in episode 160 so i was like let's about a, about a year ago i did a fall one so this is seasonal sex tips and crips fall part two so it's our second fall episode so let's uh so last year we looked at when we did it we we looked at things like camping bonfires pumpkin carving, and we determined whether or not any of these festive fall activities would actually be accessible for somebody with a disability. So today, we're going to do that with a whole new set of fall activities. So for real this time, let's get comfy, cozy, and crippled and get Seasonal Sex Tips Fall Part 2 started. One of the very first things I saw in the magazines as I was looking around to see what fall things people like to do was that, and I saw this in Brides magazine, which I found kind of weird because I was like, I don't, I didn't, I didn't think that brides like to do this for their stuff, but I, I saw this in Brides magazine, and they suggested that you could take a hayride 
with your significant other and snuggle under a blanket and go on a hay on a like magical hayride together and have all these sexy snuggly date things. And my very first thought when I read the very first line of that was like, well, I'm a power wheelchair user and thinking about how inaccessible that would be and thinking about how like there's no way that you could get my chair to do any of that. It's just be really hard to get in the field and to do that. And how would you get my wheelchair, my 300 pound chair into a wagon to take a hayride? And how would you consider any of that to be accessible? And then I wondered, are there accessible hayrides out there? And I was surprised and kind of happy to find out that there were actually accessible hayrides out there. There were some I found in like rural parts of Pennsylvania. They have some farms that offer accessible hayrides where they take a big, big wagon and kind of looks like a, it looks like like a a flatbed truck thing, and then they build a ramp on it, and you can wheel your chair up there. And from the pictures that I've seen that I looked at when I was looking at this thing, the the flatbed looks big enough for two power wheelchairs, and that means that if you are a, a multi, are if you are a disabled couple, you could totally have, go on this date together, and you could have a really romantic moment because it's the the flatbed is big enough for both of your wheelchairs, and if you are a an interabled couple or a mixed couple where you are disabled and non-disabled, you could take your disabled partner on one of these things and it would totally be okay. A lot of the places I saw said you'd have to call 48 hours to like 72 hours in advance. So you probably wouldn't want to do an impromptu um, hayride date, but it's, it's totally something that I was pleasantly surprised to see how accessible that would be for wheelchair users. Because I've always liked the idea of a hayride, but I never felt they were really accessible for me. And to know that there are some options out there for accessible hayrides for disabled people makes the whole idea of having a romantic, sexy hayride even more possible, which is kind of cool. Because I, I, I'm not going to lie, if a boy said to me, Andrew, can we go to this sexy hayride together and can I hold your hand during the hayride, I would be... Even the thought of it right now warms the cockles of my cold, dead, crippled heart. Um, and I would love that to happen. So if any boy wants to go on an accessible, an accessible hayride with me and have my wheelchair on a flatbed while we look at the stars together, I'm down for that. So I, I think it's really cool that it's out there and I wish there were more accessible options like this because I am, I, I was born in kind of the, no, born, but I was raised in the, the, kind of the rural parts of, like, just north of Toronto. So I'm totally into, like, the country stuff. I'm a country kid. So I would totally be down for that. If you're somebody with chronic illnesses who may be more susceptible to things during a hayride, like dust or pollen or stuff like that, I would consider this to be something that maybe not may... that maybe not as accessible because it might cause a flare-up in your conditions. I had a quick look on the Google and I found that conditions like cystic fibrosis, chronic fatigue, and EDS can flare up with certain types of weather conditions or pollens and stuff like that. So you might want to consider if you have underlying conditions like that or other invisible conditions on top of being a wheelchair user or if you just have 
underlying conditions, you might want to consider another date option rather than taking a hayride because you don't want to have a flare-up when you're trying to have a sexy moment. Also, if you are a power wheelchair user, it's important that I say this because I always forget when I do cool things. It's important that I say, if you decide to go on a hayride and you decide to go on this thing with your partner and do this together, I think it's important that you make sure that your wheelchair is fully charged or put the charger in the back of your wheelchair bag and don't forget it because... Nobody wants an impromptu sleepover in a cornfield with no batteries during spoopy season. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants like a, for like a, a scarecrow to come to life and kill you because you forgot to charge your battery. So nobody, nobody wants that. So make sure you take your battery charger with you when you're going to go on, on one of these hayride trips or any, any kind of trip where you have to go in a field or go in nature. Take your power chair charger with you. Just before I move on to the next one, I forgot that I'm that this is you're listening to this on Halloween Halloween. So happy Halloween friends and I hope that it is a spoopy accessible thing and I felt it was fitting to and I forgot to say this in the opening. I felt it was fitting to put this out on Halloween because we need more accessible Halloween content or fall content. So here you go. This is an accessible sexy Halloween episode. And I hope you are loving it so far. But let's go on to the next accessible date option that I found. Or how to make this date option more accessible. So I found one of the date options you could do in the fall with a partner is to make homemade candles. And as soon as I read this, I had a similar thought in a similar feeling around when I said in episode 160 where I said that Having a bonfire is not exactly the safest thing for individuals with complex disabilities and a lack of fine motor skills to do. I would have to say the same for this fall date activity. Firstly, crafting the candle with limited dexterity would be really hard unless you plan on making a really big chunky candle that's sort of just a ball of wax, which could be cool if that's what you're going for. You, I just don't know. I feel like me making a candle would just end up in me rolling wax around for a bunch of time and not making it really aesthetically pleasing. So if you're looking for one big ball of wax that could also be a candle, I mean, that's a cool thing, but I don't know how I feel about that. And in looking at the crafting videos, because I watched some homemade candle making videos to see, to like assess the accessibility of this option. When looking at that, you need to have a lot of ingredients like glass bowls, special wicks, different kinds of wax. You need a, you need special scents and all these things. And so I think somebody with limited dexterity or hand issues might have an issue doing this as a date and making a candle with all this stuff there. I don't know if it's really the most accessible dating option for you there. Um, I can tell you as somebody with only gross motor skills, all that pouring and mixing that I'd have to do to make the wax into something that would be manageable for me would literally be impossible. So that's not something that I can do. And if you want me to pour and mix things for you, um, I'd pretty much make a, make a mess wherever we are. And I'll probably have spasms and launch all of these things, including the, ga- the glass, the wick, the scents, 
all those things, I'll probably launch them across the room. So if you're ready for me to make a giant mess wherever we are, like if you want to have a candle fight, I'm down for that. But I don't know if it's the most successful date option for somebody who doesn't have that much dexterity. But if you want to spend time cleaning up after me during our date and watching me throw wax across the room, I'm all for it. Let's totally do that. Um, my thought on my thoughts on that are that remember though we could be together cleaning up something much more fun that is also sticky and kind of wax like, and is more, way more fun to produce than wax itself. So what I'm saying is, if you didn't catch that, I'm saying we could fuck versus then worrying about making a candle. <laughs> so think about that before you before you consider whether or not you should make a candle with your disabled lover with limited dexterity. I also think that anybody who has scent issues or issues with smells or stuff like that might have to be extra careful when doing this fall craft so as not to buy wax with irritating scents or perfumes that would cause a flare-up because nobody wants to make a candle and then have their partner like down for the count with an irritation headache or something of the sort because they got the wrong scent. So if your partner has chronic illnesses and you want to do this craft, double check with them before you go buying stuff to make these candles to ensure that they are safe and comfy in doing so. If you really want to try this. Again, you could just have sex. And that could be way more fun than making a candle. Because disabled sex is hot and candle making is not as hot maybe. I don't know. It's just a thought. So the end suggestion for making homemade candles was that you should try them when you're in a sexy bath with your lover. And if you listened to one of our past episodes from, I think, a couple years ago, where I talk about the struggles and trials and tribulations of trying to get in a bath when you're disabled, you know how hard it is to get into a sexy bathtub when you have disabilities. And I don't think that you also want to then add an open flame to that party, when you're trying to get your disabled lover in a bathtub while also having an open candle there, I don't feel like that's the safest. So I would recommend against having a candlelit bathtub time with your partner. Definitely do not recommend. Do not recommend this as a sexy fall thing to do. Putting yourself in a bathtub with a flame. No, 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 no. no. Or having your partner put you in a bathtub with an open flame. Not the smartest idea. No. I saw this one a lot too, number three. I saw that a lot of people said, oh, you should throw a Halloween party. You should throw have a party, have a costume party. Like that was everywhere when I typed in fall dating ideas. And I saw a bunch of these suggestions and I thought, why would you not want to throw a disability-themed Halloween party? That could be really fun and really cool um, to throw a disability-themed Halloween party. I know there are so many costumes out there that have been called out for their ableism, and rightly so. But I think having a disabled Halloween party where you, if you're a group of disabled friends and you're hanging out, and you could all dress up as, um, you could all dress up as uh, disabled heroes and people that were really important to the disabled community. And also if you have, and then if you have non-disabled friends, you could you know, do some research on people who are allies to the disabled community and who've done great work with them and for them and have them dress up like them, maybe, so that everybody can be included. 
If you're a power wheelchair user, here are the people that I think you could go as. You could definitely go as Judy Human, who's an amazing human, and she is a disability rights activist who was featured in the movie Crip Camp. You could go as her. Uh, you could also go as Christopher Reeve from Superman, who later became paralyzed. Um, he used a power chair. You could go as him. I, I was a huge fan of his for a long time, and he's a hero of mine. He was the first person that I ever saw in a power chair and ever read about in a power chair. And when I was a kid, he was somebody that I really was drawn to. So you could go as him. You could also go as him as Superman in a wheelchair. That would be really cool. And it would also be a fun play on like the every disabled person needs to be a superhero thing. So you could play with the ableism a little bit as a disabled person and like play with that a little bit and have have some Halloween fun with it. Also, I think it's really interesting how how hard it is to get dressed up when you're a wheelchair user and how the difficulty of doing that and finding a costume that fits with your chair. So that could be a fun, like I said on the last Halloween episode, that could be a fun um, fall thing you could do together. One of the Halloween costumes that I saw that they said you could go into, you, you could go as sexy Cleopatra and my first thought was why not go as Cripple Patra or if you want to do a sexy disabled theme you could go as Cripple Sutra the Cripple Sutra maybe um that could be a fun thing to do with the partner it could just be a fun way of incorporating disability into Halloween and not falling into ableist tropes and, and thinking about that so that could be a fun date thing to do together the fourth thing I saw that a lot of the blogs said to do was that you could create a quote Halloween vibe and real and the really bad pun notwithstanding, I liked that idea because it suggested that instead of having the bright lights of your house and all these really bright lights, you could swap them out for low lights and soft lights to have in your house and you could make them like spooky and orange and red and really soft, easy, comfortable lights. And I thought for folks with sensory issues who might have issues with light, this could be a really great idea and a really comfortable, easy, relaxed idea to do. Um, it also suggested talking to your dates about fun Halloween memories you had together. So if I was to have a Halloween date with a boy, I would tell them the stories about all the times that we would go out for Halloween together and... My brothers and I, my two brothers and I would go trick-or-treating in our neighborhoods and we would, and we'd have to drive to our neighborhoods in our, in our accessible van because we lived on the highway, so we'd have to go to the neighborhoods. And when we got there, I could never get up to the steps to actually get the candy from somebody. So my brothers always had to go, <laughs> had to go up to them and say, hi, my disabled brother's down on the stoop there. Can we get some extra candy for him? And I know secretly they both loved it because it meant that they got to have candy too. So they 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 loved going up to other people and being like, Hi, our disabled brother's down there. Can we have some more? And we always got more candy because I was disabled. So I, I love sharing that memory because I love knowing that my disability made Halloween more fun for my siblings and I because we got more stuff. And then... I remember how many times my dad and I, my dad would, would be like, oh my God, let's go to a haunted house. And he'd want to take me because he knew how scared I would get and how spastic I would get. And, and 
it was kind of a fun family thing we did where he'd be like, oh my God, you're going to go spastic. Like, let's go. And I, w- I would absolutely hate it, but it was a fun thing we would do together every year. So that's, it's a, it's a fun memory that, that I would, that I would share with a partner on a date. One really accessible thing that I just thought about just now, and I saw on a bunch of fall lists when I was doing research for this, was to make breakfast for dinner. And I thought this might be a great idea for somebody who has a lot of gastro issues, because anybody with a lot of gastro issues and, and disabilities like gastroparesis and things like that could make could make Halloween food and like candied stuff and all those things really hard on the tummy, and I have gastro issues. As you've heard me talk about a number of times on this show, I have a lot of gastro stuff. So I know how tough it is to want to eat the, the sweets and all those things and have your body be like, fuck you, that's not happening, you can't eat that. So it might be really cool to have a spooky breakfast for dinner thing and you could make like eggs, toast, and peanut butter, and it would really be the perfect food for somebody with gastroparesis and I looked it up online and they did say that foods like eggs, toast, and peanut butter were the key foods for somebody with gastroparesis. So you could have breakfast for dinner and it could be really accessible. Um, Especially since so many of the fall ciders and fall beers and IPAs that were also on many lists could cause issues for people with disabilities and, and tummy things. Um, having a simple breakfast for dinner kind of thing on a date could be really fun. Number five. the One of the big suggestions that I saw mentioned like seven times in these fall dating lists was to rummage through an old book sale. And I feel like these lists were written by the same white able-bodied girl named Becky. And she kept telling people to like, go on a camping trip and go hiking and do all these things and look at the fall leaves. And it was literally the same list seven times. So I saw on these lists that you could also rummage through an old bookstore. And I love the idea of of rummaging through an old bookstore because I love to read. I'm a voracious reader. I love reading and all those things. So I thought it could be really cool to, to rummage through an old bookstore. But then I realized so many bookstores, especially the older bookstores, so many bookstores are inaccessible to get into. And I have found when I've gone to bookstores and wanted to do things for events and stuff that many of the bookstores are not accessible to me. Not only do they have usually one or two steps, sometimes more, to get into the bookstore itself, but when you get in the bookstore and you want to browse, say in your power wheelchair, it can be super inaccessible to do so with your big power chair because not only do you have to get up the step which is a whole part of accessibility, you then have to go inside and try to browse the the aisles with your big chair. Nobody wants to break the bookstore when they're just looking for books. And sometimes when I've been turning around in bookstores, my wheelchair will hit a bunch of books and I'll throw things on the floor. Even in the grocery store sometimes, I'll be shopping and I will turn rather abruptly with my power chair not realizing, you know, what I have behind me. And because I have spatial awareness stuff, I'm horrible at this. I constantly will hit things and things will fall in the aisle. I don't want to be on a date with somebody and be like, oh, I broke the bookstore, sorry. So I really wish that any any bookstore owners listening to this would consider making it so that um, their aisles are big enough and wide enough 
for PowerChair users to access them because I like browsing the bookstore and I love going to the bookstore and it's really easy now to go on on Amazon and Audible and all those places and just download the audiobook but there is something really kind of cool about going to a bookstore and looking at a physical book itself that I even though I have really crappy dexterity and holding a book is hard for me to do and all those things I like going to an actual bookstore if the store isn't accessible to you at all you may want to ask the store clerk or the owner to bring a selection a selection of possible items out to you to read the books together which could be really cool you and your partner could sit you know across from the bookstore or in a park together and read the books that the book owner has chosen for you or the ones or one that you might definitely want to read together um you could also ask the the clerk or the owner to deliver the book directly to your home i know some places in toronto like glad day books used to do that they would have one of the store clerks run if you live close by they'd run the book to your home so you can ask for accessible options to still have a physical book in your hand if you want to but yeah, bookstores. Disabled people like to read. Power wheelchair users like to read a lot. So you should really consider making your aisles better so that we don't have to like cram our wheelchairs in there. Just a tip. Another one I saw on fall dating guides was to go to the arcade together and play games together. I don't know. I'm not sure quite how this is a fall idea per se for dating and why you'd want to do this, particularly in the fall, I guess, because it's warm and you can like stay there for extended periods of time if it starts to snow or rain or sleet or something. But I can see why this would be a fun idea generally. But if you are somebody in a wheelchair, a power wheelchair especially, or you have sensory issues or any other disability that might cause seizures like strobe lights and stuff like that can cause seizures for a lot of people. If that doesn't work for you, I feel like an arcade might not be a great fall date idea. But if you're a wheelchair user and you want to try an arcade out, here are some of the problems. So many of the game consoles that you would play in an arcade are not accessible to wheelchair users. They have chairs attached to the machine that you play in that are not removable and not accessible. They're usually bolted to the floor, which makes the game space pretty much inaccessible to you, which wouldn't really make for a fun date so much. And also, if you have limited dexterity trying to play those games can be really can re be really hard on your wrist and hands and stuff i used to try to play in arcades and it was never really easy for me to do that also if you're somebody with limited dexterity in the arcade you might you might not have the most fun because i mean the throwing games in arcades can be really hard to access if you have limited dexterity and when i want to throw something straight as somebody with cerebral palsy, I end up throwing it on an angle, and nobody wants to, like, accidentally whack somebody in the face when you're in the arcade and be like, oops, sorry, my date whacked you in the face with a ball. Oops, sorry. Like, nobody wants that. Or, I mean, it could be fun if, if you're my partner and you don't mind going to going to people that I hit and be like, oh, sorry, he whacked you in the face. Sorry about that. Like, it could be kind of hilarious if you want to play that game. But I don't know if the arcade is the most accessible. Another one that I read a lot on the fall blogs was to make soup. And this one didn't strike me as the most accessible. 
I mean, if you've ever seen a person with spastic cerebral palsy try to eat a bowl of soup, you'll know how almost impossible that is to do and how almost impossible it is to get the food in your mouth every single time. It is kind of hilarious to watch that happen. So if you if you do have a disabled friend and you want to have a good laugh, give them a bowl of soup. It's can be it can be a really funny kind of bonding dating moment if you really want to do have a laugh. And I think we mentioned that back in our um back in our like one where we talked about food a little bit. I think soup is not the most accessible food option, but it, if you do want to make a disabled person a bowl of soup and have them eat it and you don't mind it making a huge mess then soup could be a fun thing to do you could have a sexy moment by throwing soup across the room with the partner when they have a spasm that could be a fun thing you could do together um there was a suggestion about the soup that i found to be kind of scary they said you could make soup together while wearing sexy sweaters but you could make the soup while wearing sweaters but you couldn't wear pants <laughs> and as a disabled person with a lot of spasms, when, when I, and I spasm pretty much when I want to do anything at all that requires any kind of forethought, my body will have a spasm. If you want to do that and you're not wearing pants, that could be really problematic because, I mean, I want hot and sticky liquids around my nether regions. I really do. But I definitely didn't expect that the hot and, hot and sticky liquids that we would share together would be a bowl of soup in my crotch. So I don't know if making sexy soup while wearing a sweater and no pants is the greatest fall date idea if you have disabilities. But there it is. And number eight, speaking of sweaters, number eight is sweaters. I've been calling fall sexy sweater season for like so many years. And I also think that similar to our last fall episode where we talked about the importance of costume shopping with a partner, you could also go sexy sweater shopping with a partner. Sexy disabled sweater shopping. For me, as a power wheelchair user who's unable to move a lot on my own once I'm in the wheelchair and I'm kind of like, I'm kind of strapped into one particular position in the chair, the act of putting on a sweater or a coat is literally the worst possible thing that could ever happen to me. It is the bane of my existence, and I hate it so much more than I can even can even really tell you about. It's so not my favorite thing to ever do, but it's something that I have to do, I guess. But I really hate it because what happens when you're a power wheelchair user like me and you put on a sweater is the sweater bunches around my sides. It can be really uncomfortable around the wheelchair laterals. It doesn't, it doesn't fit properly because it also has to go around the wheelchair. It's really not the most comfortable thing. And also, when the person is helping you put on the sweater, they have to put it down around your body and lean you forward really, really far to get the sweater around you and the wheelchair, which is a really uncomfortable experience. I hate it so much. Um, and it hurts my hips when I have to lean that far forward. I don't super love it. It makes my hips really, really uncomfortable. And I have to do it every time in the winter and fall when I have to go out. And I detest it with a, with the with a passion that burns in my soul. So if you're going out with a non-disabled partner and you are a wheelchair user, going sexy disabled sweater shopping could be a really great first date idea to show them the difficulty of wearing sweaters 
And especially if this is with a partner that you haven't been particularly intimate with yet and you kind of want to lean into maybe having sex with them at some point, this could be a trial to see how comfy they are with like maybe putting on clothes and taking off clothes for you. And it could be a really good marker for you to consider how how amenable they are to actually having sex with you when it requires some help due to your complex care needs. It could also make a really fun first date memory for you to also have. But here's a pro trip tip that I wanted to lay out for you. If you are a wheelchair user and your non-disabled partner or partner with more ability than you is helping you to put on a full sexy disabled sweater for yourself, make sure that you, if you're in your power chair, make sure, and I cannot stress this enough, make sure you have your power chair turned off. As much as I get excited when a cute person touches my joystick, nobody wants to destroy the sweater the sweater store together on a first date or be launched across the room in a first date together. Um, so just make sure you have your wheelchair turned off during this experiment because it has happened to me on a number of occasions when I've been making out with a person where my chair's been on and we almost killed each other. Yeah, good times. So just be very careful of that. I also think that for somebody with chronic illnesses, I think that sweater shopping could be an interesting date if you have more hidden disabilities like chronic pain or sensitivity to fabric or touch. You could answer the questions, is it too scratchy? Is it too tight? How does your disabled slash chronically ill body react to the sweater? Disabled bodies have such a different reaction to clothes, and I feel it's important that we talk about that more and we explore that more. Also, if you go with a partner who doesn't have chronic illnesses or hidden disabilities, they can understand how certain fabrics may or may not work for you in your disabled body and can store that info away for possible accessible gift options for you. So that could be a really fun thing you could do together. Okay, so there are eight fall date activities deconstructed for their accessibility for you, and I hope that some of these ideas ideas you take to heart, like breakfast for dinner, or like a low-light Halloween weekend, an accessible Halloween weekend, or, but I really hope that some of you tonight, when you're listening, or, you know, throughout the whole spoopy season, that you decide to have a disabled Halloween party, or, or because you're listening on Halloween tonight, maybe a disabled, um... Just a party around disability. That could be really fun and really cool to do. I hope some of you take that up. So if you have any other additional tips for date ideas in a season or just date ideas, you can send us an email to disabilityafterdark at gmail.com. Tell me about accessibility and dating. Tell me about those things for you. We'll put them in a minisode. Maybe I'll make an episode out of it. Maybe I'll invite you on as a guest. But I'd love to have you, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks for listening to this Wheels on the Ground production. I'm Andrew Gerza. This has been Disability After Dark. I'm your disabled daddy. Have a good one, friends. Bye! Alright, friends. This has been another episode of Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on disability stories. 
I'm, of course, your host, Andrew Gerza, your number one queer cripple, and your disabled Dick Smith. If you want to follow my work, you can head over to www.andrewgerza.com or follow me on all social media at It's Andrew Gerza. If you want to follow the podcast, you can follow us on Twitter at DisAftDarkPod. If you want to be a guest on the show, you can email us at disabilityafterdark at gmail.com. We'd love to have you as a guest so you can shine a bright light on your disability story. If you want to support the show and get the show one day early along with ad-free versions of the show and a cool shout-out, you can head over to patreon.com slash disabilityafterdark. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast Shining a Bright Light on Disability Story. We'll see you next time. Bye! Copyright Notice Disability After Dark was presented, created, and produced by Andrew Gerza and Wheels on the Ground Productions with music by Music by Space Robot Scientists. Any and all materials, including graphics, audio recordings, and music, are property of the owner and cannot be used or distributed without express permission. Copyright 2020